This episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is sponsored by the most awesome Nick B, Masakazu T, Armando M, and Black Cat. To become a part of our amazing Patreon crew, please visit us on patreon.com slash finalgirlshorrorcast. You're listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. Please, and thanks for joining us on the 108th episode of Final Girls Horrorcast, the show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci-fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. And it's December, and this year Carly and I are celebrating the holidays by discussing some horror films centered around some serious family dysfunction. (laughs) (laughs) We continue the series this week with films that feature some ghastly family reunions, Satan Slaves and Pet Cemetery. For you new listeners, we are a spoiler-heavy podcast, so continue at your own risk. Satan Slaves is streaming on Shudder. A lot of alliteration there. A lot of S's. <laughs> uh, and Pet for Cemetery. A I know for a Slytherin. <laughs> you know, I heard that sometimes people's who people whose names begin with S are for snakes. <laughs> snakes. <laughs> Good thing your name's not Savy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Starting with a bang. <laughs> uh, that not even drinking, no guys. no sense to someone if they never... Uh, have seen Suspiria. Uh, yeah. Like the OG one. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, and Pet Cemetery is available on Prime Video, Shudder, and Voodoo. So be sure to check those out before continuing if you are a spoiler-sensitive listener. We are hopped up on caffeine this morning. Yeah, we're ready to go. Full force. Carly got me to drink a whole nother cup of coffee before recording because she was late. You're welcome. There was a lion at the Dunkin' Donuts. There was a lion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Inside joke. (laughs) Carly texted me this morning saying she was late because there was a lion. Because I was was voice texting and I was like, there's a lion. There's never a lion. And Siri heard lion. And I was like, keeping it. That's like picturing a lion attacking people at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Throwing like egg egg uh, bagels at them. Mm-hmm. And donuts. Satiate. The Santa donut. <laughs> Santa donuts at the lion to satiate it. <laughs> it's so like it that's not meat. So it doesn't consume human flesh. Okay. <laughs> so. And we're back in the game. Wow. Um... But before we jump into these films, let's get started with the segment that we like to call... Trailer Trash Talk. Today's trailer is Escape Room with a January 4th release date. It's directed by Adam Robitel, who you might love from Insidious Last Key and The Taking of Deborah Logan. It's written by Braggy F. Shoot, uh, who wrote Season of the Witch, and Maria Melnick who writes for the TV show American Gods. The IMDb summary is, Six strangers find themselves in circumstances beyond their control and must use their wits to survive. So this was my first time seeing this trailer, but I've heard the dudes at Modern Horrors talk about it. It was my first time as well. 
I have um I have mixed emotions on Adam Ribatel. I mean, clearly. <laughs> well, I like the taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah, that's what uh, I mean. Like one good and one. But Insidious so Last Key was just so fucking awful. You never even ended up seeing that right because oh, no. I hated it so much. Yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> Key Fingers is going to just live immortally on an amazing trailer for well, me. See, you know, I think we should do an episode on it. We'll do the whole Insidious <laughs> franchise. Um, no, so I, I don't know. I have mixed emotions. Uh, Season of the Witch, uh, not my favorite movie. I never saw American Gods. It, it could really, this could be anything. The trailer looks good, but so did Last Key. So. <laughs> Maybe they got the same guy to to put <laughs> it together. Trailer, maybe. Um, but I mean, I, I think it looks good. It kind of reminds me of Cube a little bit. It there reminded was- me of that. It also kind of, I mean, it didn't really remind me of Cabin in the Woods. But when I like, they were going mm. through the different. But I could understand that. Yeah. A little like, bit. It because popped into my head. It kind of, there's like overlords watching over them doing whatever they're doing right yeah, that i can see what, where you're going with that um so yeah maybe if cube and saw and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and cabin in the woods had a baby it would be this movie it would be escape room coming to theaters january 4th <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm into it you know these these six people get trapped in well i it's like you win a million dollars, so they agree. We are assuming they agree to do this escape room challenge for a million dollars. I was wondering if like that part's real because it's like technically the escape room. Yeah, it kind of feels like I wasn't sure what I was like, what to believe. I guess I I almost feel like this could. I don't want to like. There's no way this is a spoiler because I have no idea. <laughs> but as if it is, I apologize. The um. It almost seems like like a VR experience, like mm-hmm. like they're doing virtual reality. Like remember that? Um, what's that? A uh, Black Mirror episode with the video game? Like it almost yeah. kind of looks like that to me. Totally. Where, like maybe they aren't sure if they're in a video game or not, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it it makes sense because that guy after like the fire thing, he's like, whoa this really is immersive. And the lady's like, that was real, you idiot. That was <laughs> well, fire. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what, I mean, I guess we're not supposed to. So I'm, I'm interested. I mean, it piqued my interest. I want to watch it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it had some kind of like virtual reality element in it or something like that. For sure. I know I'll definitely check it out. I like, it's probably going to be like one of like the first horror movies that maybe I go see in the year, in the yeah. new year. Well, you know what's funny is that, um, damn it, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> remember. Remember, Amy, remember. I'll go well, back I feel to like um, Insidious Last Key like was released around the same time. I feel like there's always like one new horror movie till that like comes out at the beginning of the new year. Yes. It is, yeah. Insidious was that movie last year. Last year. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the beginning of 2017. And I was really excited about it. And I saw it. And I was pissed. Wah, really, wah. really upset. Oh, here's <laughs> what I was going to say. It came back to me. See, it came back. Um, yes. That it's on IMDb. It says it's like a mystery thriller drama. Where it, this looks 100% horror to me. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> this isn't 
Like, why are you doing this? That's really it. They're trying to just throw in all these other words. Mystery and thriller, fine. Drama, nothing about this says drama to me. Oh, you know what's interesting? Now (laughs) it says drama, mystery, sci-fi. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's that's what it always said, and I just remembered it wrong. But in any case... It's basically the same. But in any case, it's not... Uh, it doesn't say horror anywhere. Yeah. And it, I mean, the entire trailer screams horror. So I don't to know. Me too. It is PG-13 as well. Mm. Which could mean something or not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You well, never know me. nowadays. I don't know. I really am. I'm really, I don't know. For someone who hasn't seen all the Saw movies, I really like this kind of movie. Like the puzzle, mysterious, what's going on type horror movie where there's a bunch of random people thrown together and they have to figure shit out. Oh, be, uh, you're not high. When I scrolled down um, under genres, thriller is included. Oh, okay. But I, this type of movie, I don't know why. Like I've never, like, I guess the one I maybe love the most is Cube. I really like Cube. We've never done it on the show, but I'd like to do it sometime. Um I really like that where you're trying to figure it out along with the people and they're all thrown together and it's a bunch of personalities and you have to figure out why they're thrown together. And I know I like that too. It's I super like it. fun. I mean, it's definitely been done before, but yeah, I'm into it. Have you ever done an actual escape room before? I have. And I want to do another one. I like it. We should do one together. I would love to. With the I'm boys. In. With the boys. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. That'd be fun. They're so fun. And um, the one that I did was like, uh, it was like a work bonding thing, I guess. Oh, yeah. We did one for work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I just, I feel like with like less people, it would be more fun. Yeah, there was a lot of people in mine. And there was maybe half of us that were really into it. And the other half that were like, I don't know what's going on. And you're like, fine, then get out of my way. I have clues to find. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, we would like find a clue and figure it out before anyone knew what was happening. Some yeah. people just aren't into this kind of thing. But like, I, I really am into it, too. Same. I love puzzles and things like that. They're my and um, yeah, ours had a secret room, which had Same. like neon neon paint on the wall. Oh, very cool. All right. Oh, my anyway. gosh. Actually, I did um, also when the house with the clock in its walls came out. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. Um, in Glendale, they had like... Um, uh, it was kind of like a mini escape room. It was mm-hmm. like a, a slight experience to promote the movie the weekend before it came out. And um, so they would like let like maybe 10, 15 people in at a time. And there were only two different rooms. But like you had to fi- like everybody had to find the uh, the clue basically to get you into the next room. And I That's was very cool. happy that I found the first clue. Of course you did. And then my friend found Over the second one. Achiever. I know. Well, because they showed this clock and everybody ran to this other clock. And mm-hmm. I literally looked at everybody and I was like, this is the clock. It's like on the other side of the room. And I was the only one that walked <laughs> over and I hit the button and I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really funny because I was like, that's not it. We need to do a puzzle room together. That'd be yes. fun. Yes. I'm in. <sighs> All right. Let's get started. What are we doing first? What's our first film of the day? Oh, God, I have. Do I have to say it in Indonesian? <laughs> no, you don't. I just okay. wrote it there for my reference. I'm, I might try. We'll see how it goes. Okay. It's not that hard. Peng, Pengabdi. Okay. Pengabdi Setan. Uh-huh. 
Cool. The first movie that we're talking about today is 2018's Satan Slaves, a.k.a. Pengdabdi... <laughs> you had it. Pengdabdi Satan. Nailed it. Got it. Uh, written and directed by Joko Anwar, who did um, a copy of My Mind and Ritual. The IMDb summary is, after dying from a strange illness that she suffered for three years, a mother returns home to pick up her children. So interesting, interesting. story. This is actually a remake, which I didn't know. I didn't know that either. I guess it was... Is it an Indonesian movie or is it... Yes, it's an Indonesian cool. remake of an Indonesian film uh, of the same name, Pengabdi Satan. Um which is actually supposed to be an Indonesian version of Phantasm, but nothing about this film says Phantasm no. to me at all, like not even a little bit. So uh, not sure how that's the case. Um, but I will say this is so much fun to watch and so creepy. There are so many really creepy moments here. I was stoked on it. Same. 100%. I love i mean i i did i loved this movie and it's so funny because when i first started it um i just told my apple tv to play satan slaves yeah and it unfortunately brought up the dubbed version Mm -hmm. and i was like (laughs) oh my god no i can't i don't like dubbed over live action movies sure like you know sometimes you can get away with it if it's like an anime yeah Um, of course but it it was just like so cheesy. I don't know if you like no, looked at it a little bit. I didn't bit. even bother because I didn't t- want to ruin it. <laughs> no, yeah. It it was like, I can't. And I can tell by the imagery and like the acting without the words, without like hearing the people that it it was like, this could be a good movie. And mm-hmm. so I immediately had to stop it. And I was like, I will buy this thing if I have to. But luckily, Shudder has both options. Yeah. So for anybody who hasn't heard of this movie, um, Really, I think a lot of people haven't heard of this movie, so no shame to that game. Um, But it's really worth watching. Like, really, really worth watching, especially if you like ghost movies. Um, If you're a fan of, like, Conjuring and things like that, uh, this is up there in terms of scares, I think, with The Conjuring. I think it's it's a little less scary, but not much. To me, I found it very frightening. (laughs) Um, And... It's uh, it's only on Shutter right now, but I think you can rent it on uh, Apple TV or uh, Amazon or wherever you can rent movies. Um, and I recommend you do so. Uh, I think it's 100% worth watching. Uh, like Carly said, there's a dubbed version if you really hate subtitles, although I really recommend you get the subtitled version. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just uh, really exciting to see movies like this. I get really excited when a movie is, scares me. Um, me and this too, because it doesn't happen often. No. And this movie fucking got to me. I, I kept looking in my bathroom because I kept thinking I saw something move. <laughs> and there was a really uh, good part, uh, like towards the end when like doors are like kind of jiggling and stuff. My, uh, I have a new door on my um, bedroom. And I closed it because Tony was making noise and I didn't want to hear it. I wanted, you know, it to be quiet and dark in the room when I was watching it. And um, my cat wanted to get in. Oh, no. (laughs) And I actually, like, I didn't know. Like, I thought my my husband was in the, I thought my husband was in the house and he wasn't. So, like, I heard, like, um, the door kind of jiggles because the uh, plate 
that usually keeps the door in place isn't in yet. So it's just, it like closes, but it doesn't like, it jiggles. So my cat was trying to get in and she's like pushing, pushing and scratching at the door. So the door's just like looking like it kind of wants to open. Like it's just going back and forth, like it's trying to open. And I thought I saw the handle move. Like it didn't, obviously, because a cat can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You I never fucking, know. I fucking freaked out. And it was like this one of the scariest parts of the movie when it started happening. I was like, you got to fucking be kidding me. And I was like, Tony, stop it. That's not funny. And, and I opened. It's like, I'm not Tony. Right? <laughs> and of course, my husband's name is Tony. One of the character names. <laughs> like, uh, it, it just kept going. And then and then it stopped. And then I heard. Meow. And I was like, damn it, Haley. That's so funny. I'm She's like, I'm gonna mess with my mom. She's listening. She's watching this scary movie that's scaring her. <laughs> well, because at first I was like, Tony, stop it. Tony, stop it. And it kept going. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's amazing. It's just my fucking cat. Scaring the of course she needed to be in the room with me at the very moment. Um, but anyway, it was um yeah, it's scary. It fucking scared me. I really liked it. It was messing with my mind a little bit last night, and which was just so exciting and fun. <laughs> it's so good. And I was like talking to my TV sometimes, mm-hmm. like, why would they keep that terrifying portrait of the mom up in the <laughs> that super scary hallway? Oh, I loved that scene when the kids were walking back oh, from the yeah. bathroom, which, yeah. by the way, did they just pee on the floor? Because what? I, was I don't like, know. It's Indonesia. Weird. Like, there's a one room to pee in and it's got a well in it i don't i i don't know where they pee. they might have like a, a drain or something maybe i don't really know i didn't really pay attention i was like that's so weird it's so close to their drinking water and so close to like the the entrance to the kitchen it's so a country I, home in indonesia well, i was like just what go are outside you and pee in the exactly? woods i don't know i was <laughs> like that caused me to like pause but anyway i loved that when they were walking back and they like they're like it's fine i'm just gonna throw the sheet over this terrifying picture of mom and then it's like a ghost yeah i was like that was so good this that was so such a good, good scene oh, oh my god because it's not it didn't do what i thought it was gonna do at all no me either i loved it oh i don't know there were so many and there's like really creative good scares that mm-hmm. like I will say it doesn't last, unfortunately, throughout the whole film. I kind of felt like the end was a little underwhelming, considering how freaky the beginning of the film is. Yeah. And it starts early. The scares start early. (laughs) And they, like, they keep coming for a while. So it's not like one of those movies where you get a ton of character development and then all the scares are at the end. It's really fluid throughout. But um, I wasn't as crazy about the end as I was hoping to be. I still liked it. It's still a good movie. I 100% recommend everyone watch it. But um, I agree. It was very um, underwhelming. And I don't want to say very underwhelming, but slightly underwhelming. I would have gone (laughs) it. I I mean, I don't even know what direction I would have gone in. But like the story made sense. But I feel like maybe seeing it play out wasn't as as creepy as the rest of the film was. Yes, exactly. I think the end was less scary than the rest of the movie. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's got to be hard. If you have all these, like, really amazing, really good scares throughout your movie, you have to have a big bang at the end. And Mm -hmm. zombies just don't do it for me. I loved Grandma. I loved Grandma. I liked Mom. Mom, that, oh, my God, that first scare with the deja vu. I was like, 
when when she was like walking up the stairs and everything was exactly i was like bitch yeah. look at the bed yeah <laughs> like, i was like what are you doing <laughs> like, so you, we literally one, just did this yeah so the first scare <laughs> the first scare that i remember and maybe there's one before it but the first scare i remember is a dream but you don't know it's a dream right the you hear the bell ringing so mother can't talk anymore and she's in bed and she rings a bell when she needs help and it's kind of one of those things. It's funny because it's a similar thing in Pet Cemetery, where it's like uh, you just like a character wants another character to die because it's just really difficult to live with a dying person in your home, mm-hmm. um, and and it's difficult for the person who's dying. It's difficult for the family to to deal with, and it's difficult financially. It's difficult in many different ways. So anyway, it, the bells ringing. The bells ringing which is wonderful, by the way. It just keeps coming back. And oh, I love the bell ringing thing. But yep. she comes to the mother's room and mom's bedridden and can't move. But mom's standing by the window. And when she turns around and that fucking smile, oh my God, it's so good. Yes. It's like so, for some reason, I thought she looked like Jennifer Lawrence for a second. <laughs> An Indonesian Jennifer Lawrence. That creepy Indonesian Jennifer Lawrence smile. Um, love it. There's just so many good scares here. Uh, the the whole Tony ringing bell thing that he has to deal with with the uh, the radio. That whole radio scene was really that radio well scene done. is so good. Really, really well done. Um, comb my hair. Oh, with the with the hair clumps falling out. <sighs> oh, oh my god. And he, oh my god. It's I don't know. This is like I was. I, was I really liked all excited. the characters too. Yeah, the characters are good. I really loved Ian. Like, I thought Ian was such a clever character and such a fun character. He was this so cute. Adorable deaf mute kid who is who always kind of seemed like a bigger brother to Bondi. Yeah. Who is his older brother. But it's funny because, every you know, it totally makes sense at the end. But it seems just like a really good character element throughout to know that. You know, Bondi's just kind of scared, and Ian is is like your big baby. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I really like the that he signs the sign language aspects of the film. I thought it was really cool and different to have Bondi signing in his sleep. Uh, yeah, scary I, things. I want like, you to die. Fucking awesome! Like yeah. really smart, really well done. Um, I don't know. It's. I just can't say enough good things. I was really happy. I thought the the viewfinder toy element was f- fucking scary as shit. <laughs> it's like, I'm watching this. I know something you horrible know is going to happen. Yes, you know it's going to happen. <laughs> I know there's going to be a terrifying image. And I don't know what the terrifying image is. And there's no stopping it. I just have to watch and wait for it. <laughs> and it's so funny because when I was watching that scene, I was like looking And I was like almost waiting for something like ring style to pop up because I was like, where is she? Where is she? She's in there. Oh, my God. (laughs) Or I thought that it would be kind of like, oh, like, um, you know, a lot of those pictures had old houses in it. Like maybe there'd Mm be, you know, in the window, someone in the window, Mm -hmm. like a hand and then maybe a head and then maybe boom, she's right in front of you. But no, it wasn't like that at all. It's just boom. (laughs) So good. um, Really good. The the scare elements alone, um, like you said, the character development's good. I think that um, the uh, the neighbor boy mm-hmm. was 
not my favorite character. Um, I felt like a lot of it kind of fell off for me with him. He kind of added a cheesy element to the movie to me. Um, I don't know that we really like he, I don't know. He, he, whenever he was acting, it seemed a little over the top and not natural. Whereas I thought the rest of the acting seemed very natural. Um, I can see that. Um, he was definitely a very, I don't know, like I get, I get his role and I get why. I, I don't really get his role. <laughs> because that- they needed someone, they needed s- someone maybe, I guess, to, well, actually, I guess they don't because grandma kind of figured it out. Grandma figured it out. We have Tony, who I feel like could have taken over any anything that that neighbor boy learned i think Mm -hmm. that tony could have taken over that knowledge he already found uh well i guess i guess they found the magazine because they went to the guy but but grandma between grandma and tony i think that was enough information yeah the 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 guy that insists on massages every day i I don't know that i cared too much about him Uh, although he did provide some assistance i didn't understand him appearing at the end i don't know how he got there how he knew where to go um i guess did the neighbor kid the neighbor kid gave him his card right is that how he knew how to get to the house at the end um the neighbor kid gave him his card yeah remember when the sister and the neighbor kid go to the massage obsessed guy Mm -hmm. and they talk to him and then at the end the neighbor kid gives him his card and says, call me if you think of anything else or something like that. Oh, yes. So maybe because I was trying to figure out how did he know where to go to save them? How did he know to save them? What happened yeah. to him when the door handle was jiggling? Like, I don't know. I, yeah, his, no, that his, makes whole, sense. his whole story is very, uh, I don't know. Suspect and interesting and strange, strange, yeah. weird, not necessarily. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he helping out? Is he facilitating? No resolution whatsoever, really. Yeah. Because um, is he the one that was supposed to drive them? Or did he just show up in the nick of time? I feel like he just showed up in the nick of time because right. they got a car like they were yeah, they supposed to get. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's all very strange. I don't really understand that part of it. It seems kind of muddled. Um, That's why I don't really like the ending. The ending doesn't make as much sense and it isn't as scary as the rest of the film. Yeah, I definitely. There's so much thought and like that has gone into the beginning and our character development and our story development that when the end happens everything just it, it's so rushed like yeah. it takes a long time to get there but then it's also so rushed so we have like our yeah. first ending where like the satan slaves people come outside and we have that whole thing and that whole thing is really great and then that resolves and then we have our next night which i was thinking the whole time like if i'm if they're gonna take my brother my son at on his birthday yeah. that would make me more worried that the they birthday. haven't done that yet yeah especially because like there wasn't like they just all went away like it wasn't you know whatever i would have probably made more of an effort to get the fuck out of town yeah 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's. I mean, like, I agree. The ending just doesn't. It's not as solid as the rest of the movie. It's a lot um, of questions. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of like, why are we all of a sudden very comfortable? Dad doesn't seem very freaked out at all. Um, at the end, no. Um, which after what they went through, I would think everyone would be a bit more shaken. I also find it interesting that none of these characters are are admitting they're scared or talking about the scary things that are happening to them necessarily. Mm -hmm. And they're not like waking other people up. If something scary happens, if something fucking scary like that happens to me, I'm waking up the entire house and we're sleeping in the same bed. And that's just how it's going to be. I would not be like, okay, good night. See you tomorrow morning. I'd be like, I'm awake. I'm on my 18th cup of coffee. We're getting through this night in a fam, like as a family in this room. Mm hmm. I'm going to jog to town to get us a car. Jog, jog like, to town. <laughs> I am figuring this out before sundown. Yeah. Is pretty much how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fine. It's not like it's distracting. The ending is, is unfortunate, but I th- still think it's still a decent idea of an ending mm-hmm. and it works enough that it doesn't completely ruin how awesome the beginning and middle of this film are. Everything else is so good that you just yeah. kind of go with it. You're like, all right. 100%. It's totally, fine. Totally, totally. Um, so I guess the director really liked the original film a lot. Uh, and he snuck into the theater to watch it when he was a little kid. And so he'd been really trying to get this film remade and really wanted to direct it. Um, I, again, I've never seen the original. I'd like to watch it. Um, Same. I wonder I, if it's like anywhere. It won. Th- it had thirteen nominations uh, for best picture in the uh, festival film Indonesia. So I mean, it's 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 pretty well known, I guess, in Indonesia. Um, and it's also been released in twenty six other countries, in- including America. So it should be available to you, dear listeners, or should be, I would assume, unless you live somewhere. That's not one of those 26 countries. I don't know which ones. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked on it. I think all of our listeners should, should seek this out. I didn't want to go too deep into detail um, on like the actual mystery behind the, the film, uh, which we didn't. We did a good job. I don't think there's any like serious spoilers here. Um, really just watch it. Enjoy it. Watch it in a really dark room with really good sound and uh enjoy pay attention to it because there's just so much good stuff here there's a lot of good stuff you won't be you won't be disappointed in the scares that's for sure no it's so good all right anything else you want to mention before we move on (sighs) no i think that's it cool then let's uh let's close out our films for today with pet cemetery from 1989 it's directed by Ms. Mary Lambert, who also directed Pet Cemetery 2, The In Crowd, and Halloween Town 2. It's written by Stephen King, and the novel and the screenplay. This is his first screenplay, I believe. Um, and the IMDb summary is, After tragedy strikes, a grieving father discovers an ancient burial ground behind his home with the power to raise the dead. Ooh, ooh! These actually pair very well, I think. Yeah. Um, because you know your loved ones come back, but they're not your loved ones anymore, and they're a little different. Um, watching this film with a critical eye is a lot different than watching it a billion times just for fun. 
It's so funny because I haven't seen this movie since I feel like I was younger, like I was mm-hmm. little, maybe mm-hmm. even. And it's I like I texted you about this last night. I remembered the weirdest shit from it. Um, yeah, like what? I remembered. So like I didn't really remember anything pertaining to the actual story, except for obviously like little boy gets hit by truck and then dad buries him in pet cemetery. Um, but when I remember was the last time you saw it. It was literally forever ago. Oh, really? You yeah. this is not a rewatcher for you. No. Oh, I feel like I, mean, I watch this one every couple years. It I really hasn't. Like I it. literally had an anxiety attack with the cat. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well that makes sense. Um couldn't couldn't handle it. But also it's like also just like really intense. Like I started listening to the audiobook mm-hmm. and there's a foreword by Stephen King at the beginning, like how he's talking about how, you know, this is like his most terrifying novel because of uh, the child aspect and being a parent and like Mm -hmm. that scariness. And like a lot of it was really based off of personal experience um, with like his daughter's cat getting hit by a car yeah, and like her actually using the words like, let God have his own cat. Like this is my cat. Um, And so like listening to that before like watching it, I kind of, was going into it, I feel like, in a little bit of a different mindset. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to think of like when I was I should have made like more like better notes when I was watching the movie. I was like, yep, I remember that. I remember Gage being like the cutest little boy of all time. Oh my God. He like uncontrollably Nico adorable. It's like was the cutest of the late eighties, early nineties. I mean he kindergarten was kindergarten cop. He was in kindergarten cop, he was in full house, and like yep. anyone who's in our age group remembers him. Like he he was he's he was a great fucking kid actor. Like Yeah. Like stellar. Like to the point where the actress that plays Ellie is like horrible in comparison. And he's and she's like two twins. years old. <laughs> yeah. She's she's twins, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he they like usually with child labor laws and, you know, to be cost effective, whenever you hire a, like a kid actor, they always like to hire twins. Sure. So they can, you know, make it make it go longer. But like uh, Mary Lambert was so impressed by this three-year-old's audition. Yeah, he wasn't she, even three. He was yeah. like two and a half or something, which it's is insane. So nuts that she was like, no, this is my kid. Have like, you ever tried to get a two and a half-year-old to do anything? It's, it's so impossible. Crazy. Yeah. And he was so good. She was like, no, like this is the kid we're casting. He's I amazing. don't, we're figuring it out. Like. He's literally amazing. Yeah. Where is Miko? Come back to us, Miko. He, like, does stuff. I think he, like, directs and stuff now. He does, but, like, I want to see him acting, man, in, like, a good role. Yeah. You know? He obviously has the chops. If he was able to do that as a kid, it's not like he can't do it now. He's a natural. He is a natural. I'm, like, I wish that I saw him more. It looks like he has some stuff coming out. Yeah. In 2019. Well, here's hoping it's something I get to watch. Yeah. Whenever I see things like that and it's always like, oh, look, they're going to be doing something new. It's never anything that like is accessible or like easy to watch. You know, For it's sure. always some f- fucking weird indie movie that I'm never going to see. And this might be just that. <laughs> Probably so. is that. We'll see. Um, but no, I agree. Like he was just so good to the point where like you're expecting it pretty much the whole movie at least you know 
I know you've seen it multiple times, but like, even though I hadn't seen it in a while, I was expecting it the whole movie. I didn't remember that scene being so bright and shiny. Yeah. Like with the yellow overalls. Like for some reason, I remember it being a lot like less that. (laughs) Which which scene are you talking about? Where uh, Gage gets hit by the car. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember it being a little bit gloomier, but no. No, it's not. It's, it's like, like, so it's a, bright. It's a, he, here's the thing. Um, Stephen King movies in general, especially in the 80s and 90s, have their own feel. Mm-hmm. They are very almost cheesy and on purpose, it feels yeah. like. And this movie is really, like, it really, like, fits in that mold. It's The acting is a little excessive, um and by a little excessive i mean a lot excessive and i think that some of it is due i think that feel is due to some of the music used which is really over the top happy and really over the top sad like typically in films they say that you know having a good movie score is is not noticing it you know if you don't notice the music that makes a good score because it means it's providing emotion without being distracting to what's happening in the film totally this is not that this is no. like over the top you're hearing the music the music is is telling you how to feel and the acting is over the top and it's not how people talk like it's it, and there's not bad actors in this film except for ellie ellie is horrible and drives me nuts um <laughs> sorry ellie i'm sure you're wonderful but like in, i can't stand it's like the stage kid acting i can't yeah. deal it's like way over the top her fake crying is the worst thing of all time yeah i know kids that can fake cry and she cannot fake cry <laughs> You I agree. Fooling anyone, Ellie? We know. We, we know, know that that's just water. <laughs> she brought it out, like, and like something really sad would happen. The best acting she did was when she didn't fucking open her mouth. Yeah, because like that one scene, I almost started crying after Gage dies, mm-hmm. and she's holding the, the picture, picture oh, and she's God. walking up, and and Judd talks to her. It is. I totally like, cried. I totally am crying, and then she fucking talks and ruined the whole moment. <laughs> yeah. It's like Fred shut Gwynn, up. man. Judd is like, oh my god, and I, I mean, love he's that man. Over, and I love Fred Gwynn. I love, love, love him, and I love him in this movie. He's the best thing in this movie, in my opinion. Uh, but he, he's overacting I think, too. I think Gage is the best thing in the movie, but I love oh, him as well. That's true. <laughs> he's the second best thing. <laughs> he, they are, they are, they are neck and neck okay, in, my, yes. in my book. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's so, even his, I mean, his accent is so over the top and mm-hmm. don't go near that route. <laughs> yeah. It's my Fred Quinn impression. Do you like I it? I loved it. It was almost Forrest Gumpy. <laughs> he says round. <laughs> round. Oh, I love it. Oh. I love it so much. Um, it's not a good round. Sorry. But he, yeah, no, I 100%. Um, I feel like the mom especially really Jeez. got the brunt of the music yes messing with her performance yeah Yeah. i was just like i hate her but then at the end i was like oh she's fine it was probably it was not it wasn't her it was the music 
I think that, yeah, I think the music makes it cheesier than it is. Mm-hmm. But it's like on purpose. It's, yeah. it's a weird 80s, 90s Stephen King thing. Carrie has it too. Yeah. We didn't really mention it because Carrie's even older, so it seems more acceptable. But No, it um, totally has that weird, I can yeah. hear it in my head now, like yeah. as I'm just thinking about her like walking down the halls. Yeah, I mean, I think the music is better quality wise in carry but it's mm-hmm. still overwhelming like you notice it a lot yeah um but yeah this this has more of almost a soap opera-y feel like the acting is so over the top and the music's so over the top like maybe the acting wouldn't have seemed as bad if it wasn't the music if the music wasn't like that um, i agree i thought that i liked the character of rachel um upon rewatching, i'm not a fan of hers <laughs> Uh, yeah, not, I had I'm a hard really time. I'm not really a fan of Lewis's either. Um, I really only like Gage and Judd, and I'm pretty sure Judd is not a very good character either. <laughs> no, he's not because he's like the re- he's the instigator here. Just let the dog or let the cat go, bury it in the pet cemetery, and none of this would have happened. And maybe we can revisit after you finish the audiobook because I'm I'm very sure that it's different in terms of of how it comes to fruition, but Mm -hmm. Judd um, basically tells this horrible story about how his dog came back to life after he buried him in in the cemetery. And right after they, he tells that story right after they bury the cat. And it's like, why, why, why are you doing this? Like, okay, if this thing's evil, then why are we burying the cat? Right. To be evil. What's happening? You should have learned your lesson. And instead, you are now spreading your disease to others. Um, Also, I'm really curious to know about this Wendigo um, aspect. So, like, I watched this um, on Amazon Prime. There's, like, an hour and a half documentary on the making, on, like, the filming Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. this. And um, apparently, like, Stephen King actually did. Like, it's only mentioned a couple times in... The movie, that's why they didn't call it that. They were going to call it, instead of Pet Cemetery. they were going to call it Wendigo. Wendigo. Okay. Wendigo. I can't Wendigo. even say it. It's Wendigo. I said it wrong. Um, but because it was only mentioned twice, they were like, no, Pet Cemetery done. Um, but, like, apparently Stephen King, like, actually really researched it. And, like, there was, like, a couple different books that he, like, went through and referenced just to build the backstory, I guess, which isn't really mentioned. But well, and I it's hope a thing that- that's real. I'm really hoping in the remake of Pet Cemetery they go into this because I think that's what this film is really missing mm-hmm. is um, if there's a creature that's behind all this, I am way more on board yeah. for some reason, especially in watching it a second time. I'm like, okay, if if these animals that you bury and these people you bury in this cemetery are really being possessed by this spirit this demon spirit i am into it yeah because otherwise it it does it doesn't really make as much sense especially when we get the flashback of the um the world war ii uh fighter that was um that was buried there mm-hmm. he comes back he's a little bit more zombie like yeah he, he totally doesn't is. speak in full sentences and he seems more animalistic Gage is like a genius yeah. um, that can like change what the room looks like. He can make himself a shapeshifter. Yeah. Um, 
So that was confusing to me uh, watching this because I don't really remember how much different it is uh, portrayed, uh, all the different animals coming back in different ways. It would make way more sense if, if when you bury it, it's now possessed by a demon that is taking over, which is like a vampire in Buffy, I guess, which is has all the memories of that person and the abilities that person had. It just doesn't... It has more now. It has also has these demonic capabilities. Because like Gage doesn't know where Dad's knife is and what it does and how right. to use it. And <laughs> right, Gage was a very happy baby. Yeah, so it doesn't really make sense that, like, knowing now that it's supposed to be a Wendigo makes sense. But when when you're watching it, you don't know that. And so it doesn't make sense. Um, and just, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm not trying to say our audience is dumb. I'm trying to say I'm dumb where I didn't know what a Wendigo was for a while. I think mm-hmm. I just learned about them last year. So if you're not familiar, don't feel stupid. It's a Native American demon. It's in a lot of Native American folklore and things like that. It's a shapeshifter. It can possess people. It basically just feeds on humans. I'm definitely curious to know if um, how that's like handled in the book, I guess. Like, well, here's kind of- hoping it's like seriously handled in the remake because that could really make that so good. Like that makes yeah. me even more excited for New Pet Cemetery. Like I really hope it's featured um, like it should be in the novel. Hopefully I want to read. Th- I'm going to have to read the book before the new one comes out. Yeah, it's um, Michael C. Hall narrates it uh, on Audible. That's that's good. Yeah, it's so far so good. Yeah, cool. So So, it looks like this almost had a couple different directors. George A. Romero was mm -hmm. originally set to direct uh, the film. And then Tom Savini was also uh, positioned to direct. He turned it down, which is weird. Tom Savini's not much of a director. And he's done a couple movies, but... um, it's so interesting because um, at the beginning of the documentary, it talks, it's like a letter from like one of the producers on the mm-hmm. film and how mm-hmm. she, um, she was at one company. I don't remember the exact, na- the exact companies, but she was at one company and she read the script and she was like, I want to get this made. And people are like, nobody wants to see this. Like, this is not, no, shelve it. And then she like moved to Paramount and she brought it up and everybody's like, no, we're not doing this. And then the writer's strike happened and everybody was like going into a tizzy about like about the writer's strike really like messing up their releases for the next year. And she was like and they were in a meeting and the guy was like like the uh, head was like, you know, we need give me some scripts that are perfect, that don't need to be rewritten, that can literally be shot tomorrow. And she like raised her hand and he was like, dude, if you say Pet Cemetery," and she was like, <laughs> but it's exactly what you're talking about. And so then they were like, all right. And then they ended up like get, they got the green light to go ahead and make the movie. She wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I'm I so think- happy that. And Mary, not that you were talking about Mary Lambert, you were no, talking about someone else, but Mary yeah, Lambert, producer. I think, did a really good job with, with what she was given. I and mean, she Same. usually did music videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was known for like Madonna stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool. This was like her first full length, I think. Um, and I think she did a good job. It's not a lot. I, she was one of the first female horror directors that I knew of. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Bully and for she, her. I wish she did more. Same. Cause she really, I think she did great with this, especially like 
Stephen King's thing was like, okay, we could make this, but it has to be made in Maine. They like pulled in a lot of people from Maine to like be extras and be in this movie, like the flight attendant lady and the woman at the, the car rental place and like a lot of other really like young Judd. There was like a lot of people that they pulled in from the town, which I thought was really cool. And it gave it like, I don't know. It made it really charming to me. Totally. Um, all right. I mean, I don't, I have some like character things that were bugging me a little bit, but I mean, it's just over the top characters, you know, the Mm -hmm. the Stephen King thing. It's, um, so it's, I, I don't know. It doesn't always feel fair to be mad about things, but it's like, Lewis, why aren't you just going to Thanksgiving with your wife? Like no one wants to, you know, she's going with... I don't know. Why won't he just go? I know he doesn't like his father-in-law. You just deal with it. You do what you got to do for family. It's like, well, wasn't I'm it because home. he, like he, the dad didn't want him to go? I thought that was what it was. Like he was yeah, like, you're not part of the family. to go. Uh, 100%. He should have gone. He should have gone. And he just keeps not going. <laughs> like I would be pissed if I was her. Oh, same. Especially because it's like, you're not helping the situation. Yeah. And the whole Zelda thing. Oh, here's what we really need to talk about. So I don't know if you remember Zelda as strongly as oh, I do. 100%. Okay. She is fucking terrifying, as especially as a kid watching this. She's the scariest part of the whole movie, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, she she used to freak me out. Um, so they did a good job with that. And I know they had a man uh, acting as her. Mm-hmm. But something I learned that I didn't know about was I always recognize the painting in the background of the film. And the yes. painting at the parents' house is of what I always thought was an old woman. Yeah, with a top where, hat. With a top hat. I was like, I love that painting. Where I thought she was holding like a whip of some sort. <laughs> yeah. And like she was a lion tamer almost. And then she had like this little gray cat yes. by her feet. And I always thought that was a very strange painting. Uh, Come to find out when reading the trivia that that's supposed to be Zelda as a kid. Yeah. I thought that was so. It looks like an old woman. Because then Gage is like wearing that outfit at the end. Which makes sense now that I know about it. Right. Because I was always wondering why he was dressed like that. (laughs) No. Chick. That is an old lady picture. I'm literally. I just pulled it up. I'm looking at it right now. It is. I'm going to message it to you because this is it doesn't look like a kid that is an old lady picture it is 100 percent an old lady picture i don't understand it's not the best it's like a screenshot but that's an old like that's an old woman (laughs) yeah she has gray hair and she's all wrinkly doesn't make any sense and she is is she holding a whip is that a whip I'm pretty sure it looks like a whip, but it might be like a cat of nine yeah. tails or like one of the right, things that you like daggle. Gage, da- has daggle. A, Gage has a cane. So I thought it was supposed to be a cane. I'm really very confused by it. I don't. I they mean, should have made that look more like a little girl. Gage it is freaking cute as all heck. She doesn't even have red outfit. hair. She has like, what, is that gray hair? It looks like gray hair. It does. No, it totally. That's why. When I was reading the trivia afterwards, too, because I even said to Steve when I was watching that, I was like, I want that painting. Like, that painting is amazing. That painting of that old woman yes. is amazing. It's a great painting. I it's want it, too. Same. It's, it's so fantastic. good. 
And then when I was reading the trivia, I was like, wait, what? That's supposed to be baby Zelda? Because How is anyone supposed to get that? That does not even sort of look like it's a baby. It's completely on. It's a com- like they could have done a better job. Like, okay, it does. Any he does kind of look or even just show even if you just show it doesn't even have to be Zelda. Mm-hmm. If they just showed young um, mom as a kid being afraid of that painting and then Gage being dressed up as that painting, that would have been plenty, right? Yes. But instead, we're supposed to somehow magically know that that's supposed to be Zelda, which it looks nothing like her. Mm-mm. And then we're supposed to be able to draw this connection between that and Gage. I never, ever drew that connection. No, me and either. Now I looking just, at it, it makes I was like, oh sense, my God, look how cute he is. Yes. With his little top hat. Yeah. He but, is he is fucking creepy as a little demon kid. I love it so much. I want to see... I want to see the behind the scenes footage of them like getting him to be getting scary. him to be. Yeah. Cause like she, they were saying that they filmed everything that he was in like chronologically so they could, yeah. you know, build the trust and like make them feel like a family. And so that way when it got to like the more intense scenes, which obviously were filmed at a totally separate time than like mm-hmm. the actual like scenes that they use the dummy for um but so that he was more comfortable and it wouldn't like scar him for the rest of his life well he's like he's like ferocious when he's biting in i was like look at his scary face I I was like i literally in my head was just like watching them be like now miko be scary scary face scary face because that's like what you do yeah. like I don't know my nephew if you tell him to do a scary face that's what he does and I yeah. love it so much it's so cute I was like oh girl you're ferocious you yeah know? so cute um yeah okay I just thought that was really interesting I was like that that whole thing was planned out but somehow I don't think any of the viewers got it and maybe it's just me maybe I just didn't get it but no I'm I didn't sure get it either it, that looks nothing like Zelda as a kid no Especially because, like, we see Zelda, I guess, like, sort of wearing that same color. It's true. Outfit. That's true. She's wearing a blue, and she's nightgown. got the frills, yeah, around the sides. So I mean, like, they do, I guess, try to make that connection. But that's like, it's an old lady picture. Yeah, one hundred percent, an old lady picture. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's all I have to say about that. Love it. All right. Yeah, I'm glad we did it too, and. uh it was a, uh, and we're doing some Stephen King stuff. All the Stephen King movies are sh- are streaming on Shutter now, so they're so good. You. I mean, this was one of the first movies I'd seen. Uh, all the Stephen King movies were big for me when I was young. They were the the my first watches for horror, really. So this was one of the ones I watched all the time growing up. Yeah, I think I saw Carrie before I saw this, but then I saw this one. Um, I just love it. It's such an interesting, especially at this time, because you really around this time was like the time of the slasher. Yeah. And then this was something that was like really different. Yeah, I I had a I definitely had like a early or tween tween age obsession with Stephen King movies. Mm -hmm. I never read the books really as a young adult, but uh, I did like the movies a lot. And this was I, I remember we used to watch this at sleepovers. So we would all get super freaked out about all the Zelda scenes and the Pascal scenes and the mm-hmm. um, and Gage at the end slashing the the ankle, which I know is your favorite. Oh my god! I was literally like, oh my god, 
oh my god my worst fear what's happening this is like right after coming down for like oh no maybe the cat thing was after this Hmm. i like couldn't oh my god it was like oh my god this movie's gonna kill me (laughs) i uh yeah but i just remember like even as a kid with my girlfriends watching this and being like no fair no fair yeah oh that's so so sad he's like no fair no fair you killed me (laughs) and then he tumbles over oh my gosh that's really sad and i was like oh my god this movie's like what are you doing but um (laughs) the scene where the dad lewis Mm -hmm. wakes up and like flies out of the bed it looks like he slams his freaking eye on that bed table. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's hilarious. It's it's really was, hilarious. Oh and it looks God. like he seriously injures himself. It's like the <laughs> corner of the table, too. That's like legitimately it's so fucking painful. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was like, you know, that was a mistake. And they just kept rolling. And it he, had like, to be. It had to be right. <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing this shit again. You're going to keep going. It's like a concussion. It's like bleeding. Poked his eyeball out. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Some serious acting there. I was like, oh my God. There's no way they planned that. (laughs) So uh, as we move into our final segment here. um, I'm sorry. Is there more you wanted to say? No, that was it. I'm so glad I remembered to talk about that. So I didn't know what to do for Ask Reddit, and it was too late to ask our users anything. So I'm just going to ask ahead of time, if any users have any holiday advice they would like from the final girls, we are great advice givers. Um, We're going to show you that now (laughs) in our next segment, Carly, which we like to call Amy and Carly give holiday advice to Reddit users. I found all of these really great uh people asking for advice on reddit for holiday stuff and i thought it'd be fun if we went through and tried to give some solid advice carly for the holiday season because that's what the month of december is all about family time and how to cope with the holidays i'm into it let's do this cool let's do it okay so we have boom sc asks there's one before that oh whoops scroll down too far guys (laughs) sure she did asks i come from a bit of a weird family every year at christmas i have to try and visit or and fit visits to several households into my schedule for the day if one doesn't get the time slot they want i get hit with a major guilt trip and threats of removal from the will extreme but true (laughs) the hardest part is that i have two little girls who want nothing more than to open their presents christmas morning and stay in our warm cozy house playing with them for the rest of the day This year, my mom and dad are fighting about who gets the late slot, 2 to 6 p.m.-ish. I need to fit in three households. Two are near my home. One is about one and a half hour road trip. I won't be able to leave my house until 10 a.m. at the earliest. Also, how do I get my family to stop being assholes and making Christmas suck for my kids and me? I feel bad for people who have kids and like family really close by because they have to like try and figure this shit out. I know I have friends that deal with this where it's like they just want to have Christmas with their kids and enjoy it. And um, family's always fighting over things. I think a good way to deal with this is to have your own Christmas with your little girls Mm -hmm. maybe the night before. 
Yeah. Um, or like have a tra- start a tradition before. where yeah. you open your presents maybe Christmas Eve night. Right. And save one for the morning. Save like mm-hmm. the big gift for the morning of mm-hmm. so they have something that Santa brought them. You know, save a gift for Santa that gave got them but give them a lot of the stuff the night before yeah so that way it doesn't ruin your whole morning and then there as a kid i always liked going to my grandparents houses because then you get more gifts and it's like having a bunch of different christmases um but it's it's a lot especially if you have to drive and like people are threatening to take you out of the will like that's I mean, some fucked up shit <laughs> that's excessive and maybe it's like my stubborn gene but i'm like fine then i'm not coming to you for christmas yeah. like yeah if you're don't threaten me yeah, yeah, it's the holidays. Yeah, Way I'm going to spend time with who I want to spend time with because right. I want to spend time with them. Right. But I would say you need, it needs to be more spread out, you know? Yeah. Not everyone needs to see you the day of Christmas. A lot of people figure out something with Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, I always spent Christmas Eve with my dad's parents and Christmas Day with my mom's parents. And that's how we always did it. And I liked that tradition. Um, especially if you have two little girls and you're driving like almost two hours out of your way on Christmas. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It sucks. Totally sucks. I love, um, I saw this recently that in Iceland, um, on Christmas Eve, they give books and Mm -hmm. then like spend the whole night reading them. Oh, that's nice. And I'm like, that's like a wonderful tradition that I totally want to start. It does sound like a wonderful tradition. Yes. Um, so that sucks. Sure, she did. I hope that that gets figured out. But I would say try and try and spread it out and then make compromises. So maybe this year you get me at the time slot you want. And then mm-hmm. next year, the other person gets me at the time slot they want. And then try to spread it out over a couple days instead of just one day. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Especially for the family that's like really far away. Yeah. I would, I would even... Uh, say for that family maybe every year you come to me every other year like you come to me and then i go to you yeah how about you come over here you lazy bitches yeah that just seems like a lot i'll take you out of my will how about that how about them apples yes yeah that's just (laughs) too many ultimatum ultimatums on christmas are not very christmasy yeah it's not christmasy at all fuck you it's about love and family time and just being happy facts okay we did a good job with that. High five. D- digital high five. Yes. Sounds like lasers for some reason. Pew. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> oh, coffee. Boom AC. Uh, I'm sorry. Boom SC asks, I'm a student. Finally got the first job I've ever had on the agreement I'd stay to work over Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'd expect to be able to leave for the day itself, but nope, I'm working pretty much every day this holiday. My house is totally empty. All housemates have left and have gone home. And the town is pretty empty, too. So can't go home to see family. The internet connection is crap here. So Skyping really isn't likely either. I might call them on Christmas, though. So what should I do to occupy myself for the next two or three weeks? Normally when I'm home, we do stuff together, go out, play practical jokes on each other, set up a tree, cook a bit, and now it's just me. I'm actually kind of lost for what to do with myself. Keep meaning to bake and putting it off because cost. What do you guys do? That's sad. That is sad. Um, I, I would say save Christmas for when you can go visit. Go ahead of time or go afterward. Mm-hmm. And 
and do it then. And then this can just be you time enjoying shit or get crazy, uh, decorate for yourself. Maybe if you enjoy decorating, um, get a bunch of fucking awesome holiday movies you enjoy. Yes. Cuddle up, check them out. Although that might make someone more sad, but definitely call them. I don't know why it says I might call them on Christmas. You should definitely no, call them No, you should definitely Christmas. call them. Even if you have a, a newfangled smartphone, you can FaceTime. Yeah. Um, it definitely feels, I don't know, whenever I FaceTime people, it genuinely feels like I'm hanging out with them. Yeah. So, you know, maybe make some time with your friends or your family that you, you know, just to get that personal time so you don't feel like totally alone. Um, do things like in your town or wherever you are that like you would never normally do like, you know, find the, I don't know. There's like always some weird quirky things to do in your town that when you live there, you kind of just like take advantage of it and don't necessarily go do. Yeah. Do something special for yourself that you never have time to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that when you're a student, it's not as exciting, but I don't, I, this prospect as an adult is very exciting because it's like, I can do whatever I want. I can get all the shit done that I mm -hmm. never have time to do. Mm -hmm. I can relax. I can watch all the movies I don't get a chance to watch. I can um, organize my my library and my my closet and my whatever. I mean, to me, I'm just the idea of having two weeks to myself to do whatever I want sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, same. It sounds so good. But really, just whatever little things you like to do that you don't get to treat yourself to do. Um even if you don't have money, you don't need money to do no. all of that stuff. Go to the movies by yourself. Go take yourself out for a nice dinner, you know? I love doing that. I love going to the movies by myself. Get a bunch of Chinese takeout and get like all the stuff you normally don't get and pretend it's for a billion people and eat it all yourself. Yes. So like the kind of order where they give you like five... <laughs> you t like five forks and like yes. you know what i mean like they're like this yeah. woman's getting ready for a party this is a whole family this is a she dinner needs for a 10 whole sets family. of chopsticks and you're Look like all just these me. thanks and you're like yes thanks for the seventeen thousand chopsticks i need all the fortune cookies because yeah. of all the people that are going to be eating this food <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh yep there you go boom sc have fun with that chopsticks make Chop a chopsticks tree oh with the gosh. extra chopsticks yes <laughs> there's so much you could do yeah that's a good ideas all right 13 years and four months asks i'm 25 and live in dallas my dad lives in the dc suburbs and my mom lives in san antonio four hour drive on non-holiday weekends they have both been pushing hard for me to visit for christmas and or thanksgiving it's not that I have a bad relationship with my parents, but I get very few days off from work and I don't want to have to spend them traveling at the worst times of the year to travel. Today, my dad surprised me by buying me plane tickets to go visit him for Christmas. That will not only have me spending my entire four-day Christmas break there, but also require me to use two vacation days. Meanwhile, my mom is under the impression that I'm going to drive to her house and stay there over Thanksgiving break because I wasn't firm enough in saying no. It's not like we have some big family Thanksgiving tradition to uphold since my parents are divorced and we aren't even Christian, so Christmas is just a Tuesday. 
It feels uh, it feels to me like those holidays are just obligations to go visit my uh, inconveniently located parents on the most <laughs> inconvenient weekends of the year. I'm dreading the travel f- uh, far, far more than I am looking forward to the time off. I love my parents, but I don't know how to tell them this uh, without coming off as an ungrateful asshole. Hmm. Interesting. I would say that I couldn't get the time off. Yeah, I mean, I I can understand the not wanting to travel during the holidays thing. But what are you going to do for the holidays if you don't spend them with your family? That's true. I want to know what's to stop dad from coming to to her, I guess. Yeah. And that part. Yeah. Your parents can come visit you if they want. Um, I would invite them to do that. Or um, if you don't want to spend time with them during the holidays, maybe say, you know, flights are really expensive now. Why don't we just do this, you know, next month or something? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask this to because like anybody buys, anybody buys me a plane t- ticket anywhere. I can't even speak right now. Yeah. Um, but if like someone buys me a plane ticket somewhere, like I'm going to use it. And I'm going to be right. stoked to use it because right. I like traveling personally. Sure. Um, I like getting, you know, away. And if I have to take two vacation days, I'm going to do that. Um, but I like I understand. I understand this person's point as well. I understand their point, but I think they just need to be straightforward about it. I don't yeah. think that they're, I, I think like, I can understand like traveling during the holidays kind of sucks. I would totally go. I, yeah. um, I like rarely get to spend holidays with my family because they live so far away and right. f- flights are usually really expensive during those times, but I go around the holidays. So like, I just, I did get to see my parents for Thanksgiving, but that was like the first time in a really long time. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to see my sister before Christmas because flights are a lot cheaper when it's not the middle of Christmas. And so, yeah, I mean, people can do things like that. You can take a long, a long weekend and go visit your mom around Thanksgiving and just celebrate early or celebrate later. I don't know why people are so fixated on celebrating the day of, you know, yeah, it doesn't no. really matter. It's just a day. It doesn't matter if it's Tuesday or Especially Sunday. Especially if everybody's adults and there aren't like kids right. in the mix. Um, right. I understand more if there is like, if there's kids that, you know, the charm of, of opening presents on Christmas morning is a little bit different. There um, is a little bit of aggression here, though, which makes me feel mm-hmm. like this person is um, doesn't want to see their family. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you, <laughs> and they then don't you have, know how to be honest about it. I mean, I feel like that's just it. If yeah. you honestly don't, you have to be firmer with your responses. Like yeah. they they said that mom's expecting them for Thanksgiving because they didn't give a hard no, like give a hard no, you know, like don't, it's so much easier to just like set the expectation that you're not going to do something than to set the expectation that you might do something because then your family is like, Oh, okay. Well this part, like they really, they're, they're going to try to come. I'm going to just going to assume, especially mothers have a tendency to say, Oh, she said she's coming. Even when you say like, Oh, you might come, you know? Yeah, I think it's just a matter of being firm and being honest and don't be too much of an asshole. I mean, go see your parents. Pick one and do one. Right. And then pick another time that's more convenient and then go visit the other person. Like maybe that should be the thing. Like, look, I'm not going to come this time. I really don't want to travel over the holidays, but I'll come see you on this weekend. Yes. And then for dad, you know, if you don't want to come for Christmas, like I really don't want to travel during the holidays. It like really, I know for me sometimes 
being in that situation, like I get really anxious and it really does. It puts me in a bad mood and like, you know, my family definitely knows that about me. So um, I feel like if you're just honest with them and say this isn't comfortable for me like I'd much rather you know delay these tickets maybe to like the second week in January but still take time off to go see your dad (laughs) like yeah they're not gonna be around forever like 25 is one of those ages too where you're just like over it yeah you're still like spent enough time with your parents it wasn't Mm -hmm. that long ago you left their house and and um you're just finally starting to set your independence and have a job and mm-hmm. start your life as an adult. So but make some time to see your family. Still because need to make time to see your family. Yeah. It's still it's so important. important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because it doesn't even seem like mom and dad are really pressuring this person and they're, uh, they're just trying to, to get them to spend time with them. Well, and they're like, oh, look, I know it's expensive. Here, I'm going to buy you a present. I'm going to buy you a ticket to come see yeah. me so you yeah. don't have to worry about it. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it's very nice. You just got to be honest. It sucks, mm-hmm. but, you know, they'll get over it. It's not like they're willing to, they're, they're threatening to take you out of the well. Exactly. <laughs> At least that's not your yeah. your situation. Yeah, that's a way worse situation in my opinion. All right, what's next? <laughs> got one more? Yeah. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. George George of the Juns asks, what tips do you have for making holiday family visits better for guests and hosts? Ooh, that's a good one. I like it. It's simple. Do you have any holiday tips, Carly? What do you usually do for the holidays? You celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas? I do. Um, Hanukkah usually just like by myself because <laughs> it's not sure. really like, you know, it's eight days. That's a long time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, Christmas, usually try to go back to Boise if I can. If I can't, um, then I just, you know, try to spend it with close friends and people that I love. I don't know if I really necessarily, when I go home, we have like guests. It's usually mm-hmm. just like close family. And so it's mm-hmm. it's just very chill. It's very like stay in PJs, open gifts, have breakfast, go see a movie. That's yes, what we going usually- Going to see a movie is yeah. great. I Be- think- um, you just got to find something that works well for the family. I, I think games are great. I grew up doing family games. Like family games are big in my family. Um, I love that. Card games, board games. Um, it's really fun, especially I totally recommend having like um, cheapo grab bag gifts um, for the winners of the games. A lot of fun. Mm. Even just playing something simple like kids can play like bingo. Um where it's easy to play and then, you know, it's easy to have a winner quick and then the winner gets to grab a gift from the grab bag, you know. My family does that. We just do like dollar store gifts and it's a lot of fun. That's super Something fun. That, that lets you spend time together. Go to the movies, play a game, cook together, mm-hmm. eat together. Eating together and drink you, together. Yeah. If that's I, okay with your family. <laughs> Some families can't do that. Totally. <laughs> uh all that good stuff, you know, do something that you can all enjoy and get along doing. Just make sure to like remove the pressure from anything. Keep you it, know? keep it chill. Try yeah. not to be too uptight. Try to keep it loose. You know, Don't, totally. That's the hard part for me because I get really into like making sure everyone's comfortable and mm-hmm. happy and organizing things. Uh, but really, it's just about hanging out and spending time together. Yeah. And be mindful, too, of, like, family members. Like, I know that, 
you know, sometimes, like you said, with you, you want to make sure that everybody's happy and everybody's mm-hmm. like accommodated. Sometimes that can be kind of draining. So like if you have someone like that in your family, make sure that like, you know, you're going out of your way to maybe be a little bit more appreciative than usual to sure. like, you know, step away from the situation if you have to. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to walk away from uncomfortable if things are getting uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, if you have someone that c- wants to talk about politics, maybe just say, I'm not interested in talking about that right now. I yeah. just want to enjoy the day. Um, or, you know, it's okay to just say, you just excuse yourself and walk away for a little bit, cool off and come back. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a little, if you have some in- introverted tendencies like I do at times, you know, it's okay to just sit in a room by yourself for a little while and read a book and get your energy back up for more family time. Um, 100%. That's okay, too. And be respectful if people do that. Don't take it personally. If someone disappears for a little while and closes the door, just let them disappear and close the door for a little while. That yeah. just means they just need a minute to to be able to enjoy family time and don't take it personally. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're all different and we just need to respect each other's differences that's the hardest part of the holidays i think you have so many different minds and you can be very different even if you're related so yeah be respectful of each other is number one i think and knowing when to walk away it's a good answer sweet see we're good at giving answers (laughs) it wasn't even it was like legit yeah so if you have holiday questions or any advice you want to ask Carly and I, we can save it for an Ask Amy Carly segment. And if you want to be remain, remain nameless, you can just request to be nameless and we'll still give you advice. Oh, we'll make up a name for you. Yeah, we can make. Oh, yeah. We'll give you some kind of cool horror name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Instead of anonymous, it'll, you know. Or you can make up your own name. That'd yeah. be cool, too. Totally. Yeah, feel free to shoot us a DM on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email, finalgirlshorrorcast at gmail.com. And we'll, uh, we'll throw some advice your way. We are good advice givers. Yes, we are. Yes. So hopefully that, that helps our Reddit users have a happier <laughs> holiday because they all listen to this podcast. You should like leave the li- leave a link to the podcast wherever I you should. found these questions. If you like, we answered these for you on our yeah. podcast. <laughs> I think I should start doing that. Maybe we'll get random people listening to our show. That'd be so fun. Uh, all right. So what are we doing next week, Carly? We're continuing this dis- family dysfunction month. We are. Um, next week, we are doing Mom and Dad is streaming on Hulu. This is a newer movie from 2017 with Nick Cage and Selma Blair. And then we are also doing uh, The Stepfather. There's a 2009 one. We're doing 1987's The Stepfather, which Which is is, on Prime Video, Hoopla, and Tubby TV. Boom. Tubby TV with ads if you don't have Prime Video or Hoopla. I've never even heard of Hoopla, but apparently it's a subscription service. There's so, so many nowadays. To, yeah, so check those out ahead of time, guys. I actually haven't seen either of these, but I've been Carly and I were just talking about how much we wanted to see Stepfather for a really long time. <laughs> yes. And um I've been hearing nothing but great things about mom and dad, so stoked to see that. Same Nick Cage, Selma Blair. I know, it's blast from the past. It's blast stoked. from the past. Blast from the past. It's gonna be That's great. That's from Zombie Prom, that musical that I told you about that one time. <laughs> Sorry. 
And we're also going to have a Christmas episode. It will be hitting your ear holes Christmas Eve, where we are going to be kind of foregoing this whole family dysfunction thing for Christmas episode, and we're going to just do Christmas movies. We'll announce those later. Two or three movies. I want to do three, but Carly and I haven't discussed it yet, so we might just do two. I'm down for whatever. We can do three. We'll see. Your Christmas wish is my command. My. I love you, you big weirdo. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week. Yep. (laughs) Until next week, I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. Bye. Bye. Trying to match your note is hard.